And so that's what I would kind of impart on others is that like, it doesn't have to be this way and that there are other people that have been there and there's, there's other people that are kind of willing to, to, to lay their hand out and give you a hand up. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 90 of Life in Motion. I've got Mike with me from the Phoenix. Their nonprofit builds a sober, active community that fuels resilience and harnesses the transformational power of connection. I'm excited to learn how they're using outdoor activities to make an impact on others in a positive way. Mike, thanks for being on the show today. You got it, Jeremy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm excited to, to, to you know, learn more uh, you know, about the Phoenix and, and everything that you all have going on. But before we, we jump into to that story, um, let's start with uh, you know, Mike. Let's, you know, where, where are you from, where you grew up, hobbies you had growing on, kind of what was that journey that you know, got you in, involved with this in the first place? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to share. So a little bit of kind of my origin story is, so my name, my name is Mike Milkey and I thought of my growing up in, in Austin, Texas, mostly in the hill country. Okay. Um, I was always pretty active, active kid, active teenager, getting involved in football, track and field, did a lot of outdoor stuff too, really got into mountain biking pretty, uh, pretty seriously. I would, um, you could see me like in high school, I'd be rolling up to high school in my old like 91 high of the civic and i'd have my raleigh m80 <laughs> strapped to the back and i'd go like hit the trails afterwards and so that was a big part of my life and um spent a lot of time kind of just like road tripping around the country going to different states national parks um found my way into colorado you know coming to, to places here visiting the mountains doing some biking jumping into a couple tonks at red rocks and and after high school i decided to kind of make the decision to move out here to Colorado. So I've been here now for, darn, it's been like the last 15 years now. And you think about it, it's been a while. So, um, and yeah, in my twenties, I was a pretty, also like a pretty rambunctious, uh, you know, teenager and, and person in the early twenties doing a lot of partying and hanging out and, and, and all that. And, um, a big part of, of kind of my lifestyle was, um, was definitely drugs and alcohol. And so when, when I got into, to a lot of that, uh, you know, I, I had fun with it, but I think I started to, to realize that I was a, a little bit more heavy and biber than others, you know, others in my peer group. And, um, and I, I was one of those people that, you know, when the party stopped, I didn't really know how um, I wanted to do more and more and more. Um, and it was really starting to cause a lot of issues, I think, in my personal life. Um, I would, you know, skip class to, to go home and, and, and drink more. Um, you know, I'd mess up at work or I'd have problems in my personal relationships and and it was really becoming a big problem so you know at 24 it was getting pretty dark and uh you know I decided I just had a couple alternatives you know I could continue this way and and kind of continue to tumble down or uh I could get sober so I miraculously um got sober at 24 and uh and I've been sober ever since so it's been about nine years now and I've been sober and it's been a uh, pretty amazing life. I, I, I really don't know how it's, it's happened this way. And so um, just a little thing about um, like addiction and kind of being in the, in the clutches of that is it's, it's pretty isolating, you know, like you're really disconnected from like your, your social circle. Um, and when I got sober, I think I was really yearning for that. I was yearning for community. I was learning for like healthy connections. Um, and so, you know, I was a couple days sober and I was in Denver here in Colorado and I heard about this thing called Phoenix. And I'm like, what is this thing? And people talked about, you know, they got this location in downtown Denver. They got 
free classes for, for people in recovery. You know, they do rock climbing, they do boxing and all these things. And, you know, and they said free. And I was like, well, that's, that's great. You know, I don't got a lot of money right now. I don't got a lot going on. So I'll go check it out. And, you know, I walked in and was just like immediately welcomed by these like, you know, nice people. They, you know, they walked me in, introduced me to people, you know, got me set up for this boxing class. I'd never done boxing before, but, you know, sit right in. It's like wrapping my hands, getting ready for this class and jumping into doing that. And it was just this like just incredible community of support and activity. And I just feel like so uplifted and empowered and I wanted more of that. Right. So I, I just kind of stuck around that place. And that's, you know, it's been, it's been almost seven years now that I've been oh, part wow. of the Phoenix community. And, uh, you know, I started as a participant and a volunteer and, and sure enough now it's been a big part of my career. So that's, that's a little bit about how I kind of got involved in the Phoenix and, uh, you know, that's, that's where we're at now. Yeah, that that's awesome. So, so to step back a, a little bit, you know, you, you mentioned you, you know, kind of, um, as a kid rode a lot of mountain bikes where, you know, we're, we're kind of the, you know, throw it on the back of the civic and then go do something <laughs> after school. I, I was the same way, except with BMX bikes. So, um, you, you know, I, I get that, I uh, get that reference for sure. So, so like at that point in, you know, in your life, kind of finding that hobby, what, what was it about, about that that kind of kept you connected and kind of you know made you so passionate about you know getting outside and riding your bike or you know whatever the the other activities were that kind of that kept you kind of hooked through the years yeah i think there's just something about nature where it's just like this reset where i can get away from you know kind of the bustly activities of my daily life um and i can be really like really connected with with nature and this bigger kind of um just kind of purpose to it all, you know, like I've never been like a, a super kind of spiritual person, but I think I find like my connection to this bigger thing when I'm out in nature, whether it's mountain biking or, or, or hiking or, or doing these activities that are really just kind of connected to nature. And so mountain biking was a really good vehicle for doing that. And then I think another part of kind of my, my lifestyle and, and who I am is like, I just like to do things that are a little bit more challenging, right? And mountain <laughs> biking was a great way to do that. So um, you know, just kind of leveling up my mountain bike and doing more like single track and then coming out to Colorado and trying some, some bigger hills and doing a little bit more like downhill style mountain biking was just a big part of part of who I was and what I wanted to continue to do. Yeah. And then, so, you know, growing up kind of outside of Austin and then, you know, making the move to Colorado, what were like the, were there like a big, um, you know, obviously very different places as far as that goes, but it, was that the kind of the, the drive, um, you know, cause there were more different outdoor activities and that kind of stuff where you just kind of, you know, fell in love with it because of that. And then kind of obviously, ex or maybe expanded your, uh, the, the types of outdoor activities that you did because of, you know, those different resources. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just so much here. Like if you've, if you've ever spent any time in Colorado, I mean, there's, there's everything, you know, you can be in the, the foothills outside of Boulder and be doing some pretty technical, you know, scrambling up some mountains. Uh, you can go a little bit deeper in the mountains and do, um, you know, definitely in the winter, get into snowboarding, skiing and things like that. That was definitely a big part of like my, my early 20s was, uh, you know, getting my crew together and doing snowboarding at Keystone <laughs> or Breckenridge and stuff. And it's just, I mean, it's just incredible. So there's just so much of that. And what's cool about Colorado is like, that's just the vibe here is everybody, you know, on the weekends is out romping around the mountains doing stuff. And it's, it's just like this whole like con collected community of people that are really just focusing on like healthy, healthy activities, healthy lifestyle. 
Yeah. So, so, and then, you know, as you, you know, made that move and, and started, you know, all those different experiences, which I'm uh, jealous of, I'm in the Midwest and there are no uh, mountains or lots of snow around here for me to snowboard. I've only <laughs> been, been once out uh, East one time, but I loved it that time. But uh, anyways, um, and then, you know, you mentioned, you know, kind of the, the, the party aspect of it and, you know, kind of coming to a point where you, you, kind of had that, that self-awareness of that, you know, something had to change at that time. Was it, was it a mix of, you know, I mean, were you still doing those outdoor activities and then, you know, doing those on the evenings and weekends and then, and then it kind of had that, that realization. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. Right. But I, I noticed that the, the alcohol and the drugs kind of took precedent into to every little aspect of my life. And, you know, if I was heading up to, to Breckenridge, you know, I always made sure I had a little pint of whiskey with me or, or, or something like that. Like I would always bring the party to all my activities and it would really kind of le- uh, limit me as to like how, how much I was enjoying that activity, right? Because I was subduing my senses or I was, I was putting on kind of this mask, um, you know, uh, being high or drunk or whatever. Um, and it was really starting to kind of impede my, my like true enjoyment for those activities and really starting to affect like the connections that I had with my peers that were doing that. They'd always be like, Mike, you know, like you're always showing up to the lift wobbly and drunk. And, you know, I find some way to kind of rationalize it, but like that became the staple of my identity. And, and I think I just got to a point in my early twenties where, you know, I saw other people able to moderate or like get ready for school in the morning or, or go to work and graduate from college and have healthy relationships and I wasn't able to do that right and and you start to kind of have these moments of 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 clarity where it's like this isn't the life I was supposed to live you know like this is this is not me and uh and that to me was like that big kind of turning point yeah that uh, and that makes sense and you know back to kind of that that self-awareness thing you know you know realizing everything that you just stated um so, so then, you know, you, you, you made that, that decision, which is, um, you know, congratulations to that, by the way, especially for nine years or, or whatever you said, I mean, that's a, obviously a big, um, commitment in that sense for, for a lot of people. So, um, so then you, you found, uh, the Phoenix from that, you know, obviously not knowing about them before. And obviously, you know, you said that they were very welcoming and, and everything like that. So what was your like, first, like, takeaway like how how was that sort of different in a sense because obviously you know looking at the website and stuff there's there's a bunch of different activities um you know that are offered through the program it looks like and whatnot but in a sense how how is the way it was kind of set up different than you know going out to the slopes with your buddies or going out to the trails with your buddies or that kind of stuff where there there is still sort of a uh, at least ideally a sense of community from that sense I guess what what was the difference there, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. So it was, I think for me, it it kind of harkened back to like the early days of me getting involved in like these 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 sports and these these communities that are centered around you know mountain biking or or running groups like that like kind of pure aspect of it. I had lost that, you know, when I got into my twenties and the alcohol and drugs were taking precedence. You know, like I was saying earlier, it really disconnected me from like the social glue, like the good stuff about those activities, like hanging out with your crew and, and 
you know, challenging each other to be better. Like that's, I think, a real integral part of like healthy activities, you know, and it's something that you see everywhere in like those good units. And I hadn't really experienced that in so long. And so when, when I stumbled into the Phoenix, that was like the first thing that I was met with is that just vibe of like, hey man, like, how's it going? Like, you know, welcome. Like, let's get, oh, you never done this before? Let, let me show you how, right? Like it was, it was so acceptable and nurturing to me. You know, I was coming out from the cold. I was coming from a pretty bleak world. And, and I just needed something like that. And that was like the, the first feeling that I felt was just like this welcoming vibe of, of, you know, we're here with you, you know? And I, and I, I just like wanted that feeling more. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like me walking into some like globo gym where it's just like, here's the way, you know, it's <laughs> the water fountain. Do you? It was just so different than that. And that's what I really, really, you know, latched onto. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And then, so, so obviously you kind of got, got hooked in, in that sense, you know, with, with the activities and the, in the programs with that, um, and kind of, you know, ma- made yourself, uh, or, or worked your way up the, the ranks in a sense. So, so kind of, let, let's talk a little bit. Of, I, I know we're kind of, um, what is the saying, pulling the cart before the horse or whatever with everything, but since that's sort sort of how it's started, uh, you know, your involvement with it, what, what was kind of that progression that you're like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here as a participant and now I, you know, volunteering or running programs or, you know, whatever that was, what, what made you, or I guess what inspired you to kind of take those next steps in, in the Phoenix kind of in a sense of, you know, Hey, if I'm doing this, I'm obviously impacting myself still and keeping, you know, myself on track, but also impacting all these others. Yeah, no, no, that's, I appreciate you asking that. So I'm here, um, kind of component of the, of, the, of the Phoenix and what we do is it's a peer led program. So, you know, it is people in recovery, whether it's volunteers or staff leading events, um, supporting. So there's that, that connection of, of, you know, I've been there, you know, I've walked a similar path as you and, and, you know, for, for people in recovery, it's really it's supportive to know that like, you know, you, you've come from a similar hell that I've been at, you know, there's this kind of built in trust factor and, and there's also this, this aspect of giving back, right? That, you know, this, this, this thing is, is sustained by the community, right? So that person that welcomed me when I came in, you know, they had been a member a couple months before and then raised their hand to start volunteering. And, you know, when I, when I started to come around a little bit more, I wanted to be a part of that and I wanted to get back. And, and then kind of on this kind of separate parallel path, like what was going on in my life is, you know, as I was sticking around, I also started to kind of, you know, get, get my, my legs underneath me a little bit. I, I re-enrolled in school. Um, I, I ended up going back and finishing school for exercise science. So I was starting to kind of really define what I wanted to do professionally. Um, you know, health, wellness, activities, was just always a big part of my life. And, you know, kind of legitimize that with graduating with a bachelor's in exercise science. And so when there's opportunity arose after a couple of years of involvement with the Phoenix as a volunteer, as a, as a, a position was available, it was like this light bulb moment. It was like, huh, this is like the intersection of, you know, a healing community that's been integral to my recovery, but then also a way for me to, to give back in a, in a way, um, you know, where I can maybe grow the organization a little bit. And so that was, that was kind of the moment where I was like, you know, I'm going to take this chance. And, uh, and that was like a great chance. They took a, they took a chance on me. I was like way underqualified for the position that I got, but <laughs> I think they, they're like, man, we see this guy around for two plus years. He's coming to all our programs. He's helping out being a volunteer. Like we got to give him an interview. And, 
Um, and yeah, I guess, I guess it worked out. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, every, everything happens for a reason. Everything uh, se- so. seems to align so. at some point. <laughs> So, so, so to that point, let, let's talk a little bit more about, you know, specifically, um, you know, the Phoenix, the different, um, you know, kind of, you know, obviously we touched on this a little bit with your story, but kind of more specifically into the different programs and and how you're using it. Um, and, and also before we do that, where do you, I would, I would assume you know that, but as far as like the name, the Phoenix, is, is there any meaning behind that given the, the whole um mission of the organization yeah it's i i mean i would probably box like the original uh kind of etymology of the, like the phoenix or, or what it stands for but it, you know it's it's that bird you know where it, it rises up from the ashes and that's you know that's really kind of the embodiment of of what we believe the phoenix does is we we have people you know like myself and others that come here pretty battered broken um and and they find some kind of inner strength that they have, right? Like they tap into that with the support of a community around them and they, they kind of soar to heights they've never been before. So a kind of a, a, an ethos at the Phoenix is this progression of rise, recover, and live. Um, that's actually, you know, one of our mottos. Uh, it's the hashtag that we have on our, on our Instagram handle. So we'll, we'll talk about that later, but, but yeah, this rise, recover, live um, kind of, uh, concept of the phoenix is, is, is what really we stand on yeah and then so as as far and that and that totally makes sense and i i, I assumed it was going to be something along those lines but i thought there's a little bit more of a story so i'm got to ask that um yeah yeah but uh so so as far as like i said the program obviously you know as you mentioned, there's a variety of different individuals that, you know, get involved with it for, you know, different reasons, but kind of the same reason in that same sense. So as, as far as that, as far as the, the programs itself go, you know, I know it's, it's kind of all centered around, you know, different activities that, you know, I think everything from hiking to basketball and everything in between, you know, boxing, you mentioned, um, what, I guess, how, how, what do those programs and those activities look like i mean so are 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 you getting referrals i guess from you know other kind of similar programs in that sense as far as the sobriety aspect of it and like hey you know i think this would be a good outlet for you to to help with this this journey that you're on um and then what so what does that look like and then also what do the actual programs themselves look like is it more to it than just the activity standpoint i guess you know i know a big thing is is building the community so what what does that look like sure yeah so so i'll i'll kind of start a little bit so we and you touched on it when you shared our mission but we started in 2006 uh in boulder actually we were just this kind of small ragtag uh you know group of people in recovery going going rock climbing, uh, mountain biking. Our founder, Scott Strode, was really into uh, Ironmans and, and, and kind of um, uh, triathlon training. So he got like a peer group around similar activities and they were in recovery and they just found that there was just something to this, you know, like he started out with a couple people on a Sunday ride and then it grew and grew. Um, they started working out of a boxing gym and they just, they started to really create some momentum around this thing. So. You know, he kind of legitimized it as a, as a 501c3 nonprofit in 2006. And, and from there, we really just kind of grew and grew and grew. We cover our, our now kind of main headquarters building in downtown Denver. 
in in a real kind of critical neighborhood of need. So so you know the Phoenix is this organization that works really closely with adjacent communities of need. So that could be other nonprofits where people in the mental health and behavioral health services um, could use an outlet like this. Um, you know, treatment centers, we work really closely with them um, because, you know, there's, there's this whole kind of slice of people that suffer from substance use disorder that need kind of a healthy recovery community, you know, because what we see oftentimes with people that have that is like recidivism rates are really, really high. You know, people get sober for 30, 60, 90 days and, you know, they can maybe get kicked out of their program and they don't have a stable support system. And so we think at Phoenix, like we can provide this like long-term recovery support community for people. Um, and we do that through activities, like the, the vehicle to get people in into this organization is, you know, a, a boxing class or a mountain bike ride or a camping trip. Um, but really what people are staying for and what they continue to stay for is that, that support network that's part of that activity, right? We'll have people show up 15 minutes before an event. They've never been there before and they're, they're socializing with peers and getting out of themselves, right? And, and starting to take a risk again on creating healthy connections, learning an activity that they've never done before. Um, and then they stick around 15 or 20 minutes late. You see people like really form these genuine connections where they're going to get food afterwards and, and they're creating their own little Phoenix community, right? And then, you know, that same person that, that, that came day one, maybe a month later, they're that person welcoming that new person come in the door and, and they're saying, hey, you know, like, oh, you've never done this class before. Well, let me introduce you to some people. Let me, let me show you how to wrap your hands you know, with the, with the wraps before you put the boxing gloves on. And it's, it's just like this self-sustaining healing community where people are just helping each other out. And I think that's what the, the Phoenix really is. And it, it comes in all shapes and sizes. So we've, um, we've really expanded from that ragtag group in Boulder in 2006 to be, we have programs in over 50 communities in the country. Wow. Um, we even have a couple uh, that are happening international. We have a uh, a group program that happens in Windsor, Ontario, Canada once a week. So um, we're going international now. And it's, um, it's really like by the community. So we have some communities where, you know, surfing is what they do. So we have a, a group out in New Hampshire that does surfing on the weekends. Um, Colorado, we obviously have a lot of rock climbing and, and mountain biking and cycling and stuff like that. Um, we have a crew out in Orange County that loves to do, um, you know, nature hikes and stuff like that. And, and you know, hikes around the city. Um, we have book clubs. I mean, really any, I think what our founder Scott likes to say is like, if people wanted to go out and do bird watching, we do bird watching. You know, <laughs> we, we basically would do anything um, that, that people are open to. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's cool. And it kind of, it makes sense too. you know, to your point that you mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of people, you know, falling, falling out of other programs or whatnot. Um, you know, the fact that it, it does have a, a, and not saying that the other ones probably don't have a community aspect, but that you have a different community aspect as in you, you're pairing it with, with an activity as well that you can do, you know, with those other people and, you know, it might be something that you've done all your, your life as far as an activity, but, you know, being able to do it with, with other people that, you know, have gone through the same thing that you did, it creates a, a different connection with surfing, with 
bird watching, you know, whatever that activity is, um, to kind of, you know, keep, you know, keep on that, on that track, you know, that they're aspiring to, to stay on. So I think that's really, really interesting. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll add to, I just want to double down on this. I know I mentioned it earlier, but one of the, I mean, one of the most amazing things about the Phoenix is we are free. 99.9% of all our programs are free. There's no cost attached to them. And, and it's because we believe that accessibility is a right for, for, for everyone. Um, yeah. And these activities are, are typically quite expensive, you know, mountain biking, snowboarding, <laughs> skiing, boxing. I mean, these are all not cheap activities, but we do everything in our power to create, you know, key partnerships with, um, you know, with title boxing or never summer snowboards to make sure that, you know, we always have really good quality equipment really good, uh, you know, certified and trained instructors to lead these events. So when people go up, they're getting a world-class experience, you know, and they don't have to have, you know, extra money in their pocket for, for a gym drop-in fee or to, to rent some shoes and a harness to go rock climbing. Um, we provide all that and the training that goes with it. We, we, yeah, which is a, a good point that I didn't think about too. Uh, like, like you mentioned, none of that stuff is inexpensive <laughs> as far as the activities yeah. um, them, themselves, which is, you know, obviously a, a barrier for, you know, people that might not be in the situation that, you know, as being part of the Phoenix, but even more so with, you know, somebody that is, you know, a part of, of the Phoenix in that sense. So it's cool to have that kind of accessibility aspect of it where there's, you know, there's essentially kind of no barriers to to that and finding these new passions to kind of, you know, work through the journey. So as, as your role, you know, with, you know, being the, you know, the, the, the program manager and that kind of stuff, is that mainly, you know, you mentioned, you know, 50 or so different locations and, and obviously dozens of different activities. Is that more of like, you know, are, are you seeing like, Hey, uh, for example, as you mentioned, you know, the surfing one in New Hampshire or wherever, um, Hey, you know, I think this community is really big into surfing right here. Maybe we should introduce that here and kind of looking at the different locations where, where you're located, um, and, and figuring out, you know, the best, the best fit, the best activities and kind of gathering, you know, the right, uh, leaders within those communities together in order to make, you know, such a big impact. 100%. Yeah. So a key part of kind of what I do in my role is, is I oversee kind of program launch and, and kind of program sustainability in our mountains and plains region. So that could be Colorado, Kansas, Idaho, Montana. And then I support some locations in the Midwest, like Wisconsin, Detroit, um, and exactly what you said. So we want our programs to be representative of what that community wants. So for instance, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, they have a Phoenix-led basketball program with really awesome like Phoenix jerseys and, you know, team sports and basketball is what that community wants to do. And, and so they do it. So they're, 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 you know, out on the court playing basketball. I think they also do uh, sand volleyball in the summer too, which is really <laughs> awesome. Um, and, and, you know, and, and then Kansas is really into uh, boxing and judo. So, so they do some of those activities, Colorado, you know, we, we do a lot of outdoor activities, obviously. So, so the programs that we're launching in these, these locations, yeah, there has to be some thoughtfulness as to making sure that like, we're not going in and like, imprinting our idea of what these local community constituents want. Like we really try to have it be a bottom up approach of like, what does this community think that is going to be the most helpful for their members and the most impactful. Yeah. And that makes sense, you know, especially with all the different States and locations, you know, to your point, 
it, it, it probably, it wouldn't be as successful as it has been if you took that one size fits all approach. Um, and, you know, not be able to make such a, as big of an impact because of that. So it's, it's cool that, you know, you guys are, you know, from the bottom up looking at, you know, the specific communities where you have that, that footprint and that, um, to, to build up the programs from that. So, so with the programs themselves, you know, I, I know there's obviously the, the activity part of it is, is there like, I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't want to, counseling is not the right word, but it's the best word I can think of. But is there any aspect as, as far as that where it's, you know, talking about these different things or is it mainly like, hey, we all know we're here for the same thing, but we're going to jump on the mountain bike right now. And then just conversations kind of, you know, open up however they open up. Yeah, so they'll definitely happen organically. We, we try to, so we, we level set all our programs um, we have kind of a covenant uh, that people agree into when they join Phoenix. We call it our community search. And it's, it's really just the, the principles of, you know, when you come to this program, you're, you're opting in saying that you're um, 48 hours sober. So that's kind of a thing that we stand on. We believe, you know, um, just this, this honor system, if people coming in saying that they've been sober for 40 hour, 48 hours or more, just to make sure that they're not like actively engaged in use, right? And it's more of a safety thing, right? We don't want people coming to a weightlifting event when they're still under the influence. <laughs> it makes so, sense, so yeah. we just level set with that. And, and, and really people define what recovery looks like for them. So, so somebody could say, I've been in long-term recovery. I'm, I'm, I'm sober curious. Um, I'm an ally in recovery. So a, a big kind of segment of the Phoenix community are our loved ones, friends, supporters of, of somebody that they know that's personally in recovery. And, and we want everybody to be welcome. So, so people come in, they engage in these community standards about recovery, about appropriate language. We want to make sure that people are using appropriate language, you know, not saying indiscriminative or things like that. So it's really just, you know, making sure that this community is, 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 is safe, inclusive, accessible for everybody. So, so people come in and, they, you know, they, they show up that way. And then when, when they are kind of engaging in the activity, it's, it's really this kind of like self-defining moment for people where, where they kind of are taking these conversations whichever way they want to do it. So I, the way I kind of like frame it up is, is we don't really define people's recovery for them or what that looks like. We just create the opportunity for people to show up and, and have these kind of recovery-based conversations. Um, and, and you'll see that like people will just show up and say, Hey, you know what, you know, what brought you here? Or, you know, what do you do outside of Phoenix? Like, do you go to any, um, you know, 12 step meetings or do you go to any support groups? And people will kind of like compare notes and invite others into like their sphere. And, and we just kind of like let that happen, right? Like we try not to imprint, um, any of our own biases or anything on that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And kind of, yeah, I like you said, uh, creates a much more organic atmosphere from that sense. And you said a couple of things that are interesting and I, you know, personally don't know much about, you know, other programs, you know, like you said, 12 step and, you know, some of those different things, but, you know, you mentioned the 48 hour part. And then I think you also said sober curious, uh, which, which was interesting to me. So, so it sounds like, you know, that's, those are kind of the, the guidelines as, you know, as far as that 48 hours. And then if, you know, something, ha you know, if they, they start to start attending the activities and that kind of stuff, and, you know, something goes the wrong way, you know, a couple months down the road, 
you know, if they're back or they're trying to get back on track, you know, you know, after those 48 hours or, you know, whatever that you're, you're welcoming from that sense, um, to, Hey, get back in there. Let's try this again. And, and, you know, help you in that way. Am am I understanding that correctly? hundred percent. Yeah. We never, we never want to stigmatize or shame people for having uh, detours on their journey. We've all been there, right? Like recovery is not a linear path for, for, for most people. And so um, when things like that happen, you know, we are going to be the first person to call them up and say, Hey, you know, we missed you. How are you doing? You know, is there anything that we can do to support? Um, We also have a lot of um, other partners in the space. So what we try to do is always kind of keep um, kind of a Rolodex of, you know, whether it's local treatment centers or local detox, um, you know, benefits providers, other organizations that maybe offer services that are outside of our scope that we can refer some of our members out to to make sure that they're getting the, the healthy. Yeah. And obviously those resources and it, and it's cool to you. So like I said, I, I, I don't know about other programs and that kind of stuff, but it's cool that, that you all are, you know, kind of welcoming me like, Hey, you know, what's going on here? How, how can we help you? And kind of, you know, keeping, keeping that journey going for them. So, you know, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, your own personal story, which is, which is um, inspiring. And then of course, how, you know, where you're at today and, you know, overseeing all these different programs across the States. And I think you have like what, 70,000 or something members, pretty, uh, it's a pretty large network, but out of there, you know, obviously without, without mentioning any, you know, names or anything like that, but are there any kind of other interesting kind of stories or, or things that have come with those interactions where you've just been like, you know, wow, I can't believe that person did that. Or this, this led to that, which also trickled down to that. Are there any kind of other, you know, stories like that, that, that have uh, come along with it? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two that kind of come to mind and one of them I'll, sh- I'll share a story of a member and I, I know he would be okay with me sharing. That's why I'll use it his first name. Uh, he is one of the people that impacted my Phoenix journey uh, more than anyway. He was my first volunteer uh, boxing instructor, the guy's name Rich. And he had been coming around for a couple of years. And, you know, he really, really struggled with alcoholics after um, he's a, a armed service uh, veteran. He's in the Navy for a couple of years. And then when he got out, he just really, really struggled. And and he was really kind of drawn to, to the same thing that we come kind of searching for is like, what I need that, that supportive community. You know, what is that? You know, he found Phoenix uh, from a referral of being in a, in a treatment brand. And, you know, he, he glommed onto what we were doing. He loved it. And he also was an amateur boxer, right? So he had a skill set at, you know, instructing boxing in a way that that's kind of totally Phoenix. You know, he framed the event as just being, you know, accessible to anybody and just fun and inviting, right? And you learn something new every time you come to his class. And so Rich was always an active part of the community. And we also have a couple like family-friendly community uh, events that are always on the calendar, not blocks or, or, or family-friendly climbing events. And, you know, Rich was, was kind of repairing the relationship with his kids. And so he was, he was bringing these kids to these family-friendly events. And, you know, over the course of you know, three, four or five years, these kids became just a vital part of the community. And they started to kind of really, you know, get encouraged to, to go on, you know, the, 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 the harder uh, climbing line and, 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 you know, doing this activity and getting supported by the community. And it was just this, this beautiful kind of thing to witness that like Rich had, you know, um, started to really develop in his recovery, give back to the Phoenix community. And then he was able to invite his family to be a part of that too. And it's just, 
one of my favorite things to see that guy grow and just all the old lives that he's touched. It's just amazing. So that's the one that really um, always kind of tugs in my heartstrings. Yeah, that that's cool. How kind of the the involvement and kind of you know getting his, his family involved and in, in rekindling those relationships. You know, through through you know whatever happened prior to that um is definitely and I'm, and I'm sure there are there are many other stories that go along that with that but are, are to the same extent with different individuals but yeah that's a that's that's awesome to hear that one so uh, and another one oh no go ahead no oh, no 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 i want to hear the other one let's hear it. i was just going to tack on one more i know um you know covid was a was a big um you know uh barrier for for a lot of different organizations and businesses Ours especially, right? We're an experiential um, kind of in-person, yeah. um, you know, community. So, you know, when well, I think what it was, March thirteenth, twenty twenty, Black Friday, right? Like we all, you know, <laughs> um, you know, shut down, and it was like, what do we do now? And in this like remarkable way, um, Phoenix was able to pivot. You know, all the programs and staff and volunteers we had at that time. I think, you know, by that following Monday, we had some live stream events on the calendar where people were doing, you know, yoga sessions from their, their bedroom and doing, um, you know, fitness activities in their living room with backpacks, you know, weighted backpacks and stuff. And we found a way to keep the momentum going and really connect with people in a way that was unique and different, like leveraging technology and zoom, like, you know, we've, we've never done before but also just continue to be that vital connection that people really needed. Like, especially at that time, I mean, we were yeah. all scared. Nobody knew what was going on and we needed that social connection and it was so important. And so I think what that's done over the last two years is it really has kind of forced the hand of our organization to iterate and kind of adopt some different technological ways to, to, to meet people. So we actually just launched an app a couple of months ago to allow people to, to find us a little bit easier um, so they can get on the Phoenix app. They can, you know, sign up for classes, find locations. We also have a whole suite of really professionally done on-demand videos, like five-minute stretch break, 10-minute mindfulness classes. Um, and then what's also cool is there's a connect feature in there. So something I've been kind of popping in there and seeing recently is you'll have people sign up for the app, become a Phoenix member, and then they use this connect chat feature. So we'll have somebody in rural Colorado, where maybe there's not a physical Phoenix program, but they'll jump on there and be like, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so in, you know, Gunnison, Colorado. I, I, you know, I chat on here. I don't have any Phoenix programs close to me, but I'd love to just like chat with somebody, you know, I'm new to recovery. And you just see these other Phoenix members, you know, people from Denver pop on and say, hey, yeah, I know we're a couple hours away, but oh, like, yeah. you know, if you want to get on the phone and chat and you just see this like really organic connection start to happen. And to me, it kind of reminds me of like, we're using technology to kind of go back to our roots of being like this grassroots community um, where people are just popping on in new ways and connecting with one another, even when they don't have like the way to physically be there. So I think that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's a point I didn't really think about too, you know, with the whole COVID part and, you know, a big part of obviously what you all do is, is the, the experience end of things and the, the actual physical activities and, and personal connections and that kind of stuff. So, you know, to be able to continue and find a way to continue that momentum, because also to your point, every, no matter what situation you're in, you know, everybody was afraid once all, you know, the COVID, like, hey, well, what's, what's going to happen now for the next year? You know, nobody knew that. And it seemed like 
you know, I, I guess it would make sense to a, a guess that that would, you know, be maybe a, a easy way for a relapse or something like that, or kind of like, okay, well, now I'm going to put this that way because I don't have this anymore or whatnot. But the fact that you were able to pivot and kind of, you know, reimagine, you know, what it was and go back to kind of the grassroots aspect of it um, to keep that momentum going and keep those, those members, you know, involved is, is awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we're seeing this all across the world, which it's really kind of a beautiful moment that's come out of COVID is I think for the first time everywhere, like there's a collective awareness that people are having that like mental health is a priority, yeah. you know, and, and people are really like speaking up for the first time, raising their hand and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. I need to talk to somebody. I need help. I need connection. And, and that's just a really awesome thing to witness. People are kind of getting vulnerable and asking for help. And if, and if we can just help in our own way, you know, stay in our lane and do whatever we can to be there for people to connect, engage, you know, do a healthy activity. Um, you know, that's, that's the least, least that we could do. Yeah, that makes sense. And then to, to that point, really, so I always like to ask our, our guests, you know, one piece of advice uh, for our listeners. Um, and, and so, so to that point, you know, what, what piece of advice would you give to someone that is, you know, they might understand that, you know, something needs to change in their life and don't know how to do it, or they're afraid to do it or whatever that reason might be. What, I guess, what advice would you give to someone to kind of, you know, help, help them begin to change that mindset to kind of get going in that direction and kind of realize what they're, they're aspiring to be, but they don't know how to do it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's, um, well, that's a good question. I, I think the first thing that comes to mind is like, it doesn't have to be this way. I, I know for me, when I was kind of really in the depths of it, I had this delusion that this is my life, right? That I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a bad person, right? Because like, I really fell into like bad habits of like lying all the time, stealing to get what I needed, um, you know, drinking, drugging, and just, I had convinced myself that I've just become this, this bad toxic person and the reality was is I was just in the grips of an addiction right and like I I was telling myself the story that was just untrue and it wasn't until I saw other people in my sphere these other individuals uh, that they just had an easier kind of way of life and you know there's one person that really helped me out get sober um I just, I just talked to him because he was like the last person that would, would talk to me. All my other friends had kind of abandoned me. I pushed them all away. And this one guy, Jesse, he just would give me the time of day and he'd talk to me and he just had this ease about it. And, you know, I found out that he was sober and it just kind of made sense. I was like, oh, of course, you know, and, <laughs> and, and he just kind of showed me, I think he like opened the door that like, there can be a different way. You know, it doesn't, life doesn't have to be this hard. And, and, and I think I needed to see that I needed to see um, that I needed to have some hope that like someone else that has kind of like a similar, you know, backstory as me, they had similar struggles. Um, you know, they were able to kind of get through this. And what I realized is, is he got through it not on his own, he got through it with the help of others. And, and so that's what I would kind of impart on others is that like, it doesn't have to be this way. And that there are other people that have been there. And there's, there's other people that are kind of willing to, to, to lay their hand out and give you a hand up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and you know, the community and connection aspect of it, you know, pe people are willing to help if you 
if they know what you need help with. Um, so, uh, so, but to that point, where can people find, um, you online, social media, website, all that stuff, you know, to, to learn more about what you offer, see if there's, you know, uh, a place locally close to them, or like you said, you just launched an app. So where they, where they, can they find that to, you know, create a connection if they aren't, you know, close to a, a location? Yeah, absolutely. So our site is, is the phoenix.org. Um, it has, you know, lists of all our locations on there. You can search by zip code. It's real easy. It's got a whole bunch of testimonials, cool pictures. Um, there's an awesome um, about 10 minute TED talk that our founder Scott did that he just, awesome. he paints a really beautiful picture of, of what this organization is. And um, so you can check us out there. Uh, we, yeah, we just launched this app um, called the Phoenix. Uh, you'll see our little red Phoenix icon. Uh, it's on the, the app store, the Google Play store. Um, and then we're on all the major kind of socials, Instagram, we're at rise, recover, live, uh, again, you'll see our little, little red Phoenix icon. So yeah, come check us out. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're continuing to kind of expand every day and, and there's, um, a lot of opportunities to support and give back. So if, if, if anybody is personally, you know, you know, struggling or knows anybody and they, they really want to kind of find more about us and. Um, you know, feel free to pop on and learn more. Definitely. Well, everyone definitely make sure, um, you know, check out, like I said, the app, the website, social, all that good stuff um, to learn more. And, and to Mike's point, you know, if it's, if, you know, maybe something personally or, you know, somebody else that you can help by introducing kind of this, uh, you know, different way to kind of, you know, go through that journey, uh, definitely check them out. But Mike, I appreciate you taking the time to, to sharing, you know, your own personal story and how you got involved. And then, like I said, the, the impact that you're making, um, you know, throughout the United States and internationally as well. So I really appreciate that. And I wish you all the, the best of luck uh, for this year. You got it, Jeremy. I appreciate the time so much. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.